Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the middle. Big seals in for Harry Mays. Garrett Brooks, man, was in the house at Wells Fargo last night. Awesome pictures. And my favorite thing about a suite, when I get invited to a suite, the grub. Bro, <laughs> Chicky and Pete's laid it out, bro. I mean, they, they, the whole spread, they had the cheese fries, you know, the crab fries with the cheese. You know, they had, uh, they had, uh, uh crab cakes. Come on, man. What kind oh. of a suite with crab cakes? Oh, but then, oh, hold on. The, 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 the highlight of the night, they brought in these cookies, fresh baked cookies, <laughs> fresh baked cookies. Do you know how fresh baked cookies oh. and a Bud Light taste, bro? That Absolutely. Unbelievable. There unbelievable. he is in yeah, the house the, last night. Sixers the, and see the wife in the lower corner. That's the wife I right do. there. Oh, that's dope. Way to go, man. You Look at the seats there. Yeah, so we, you know, we're we're in the suite, man. I'm kicking it with them, you know, with everybody. Uh, and of course, you know, it's an NBC suite, so I gotta rub elbows with, you know, with with, with people there. You know what I mean? So, man, you know, it was crazy. Hey, hey, packed, right? Packed. It, dude, it took me once I got off the exit by the bridge. It literally took me 45 minutes to get to, uh, you know, where I was gonna park at because I, you know, I park in front of, you know, the building because that's that's where I work at. It took me all night to get there, bro. That's yeah, man, man. Look at it, man. Come on, I, was, I mean, I was kicking it, bro. Kicking it, you name it. Let me. Budweiser and in, 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 in fresh, warm baked cookies. That's a, that's a match made in heaven, dude. Match that's great, heaven. man. That's that's <laughs> fantastic. So the environment last night, the atmosphere. Oh, it was crazy. But you know what? To start off with, they did. They weren't together. You could tell they were like, "Oh you know, no, man." Hey, I was like this. They're down sixteen or seventeen. Right. What is man? going on? You know right. what I'm saying? And they weren't getting blown out, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you knew they were going to come back. And that's a far cry from what I was used to. You know what I mean? Like, to know that they're, you know, just like they were sleepwalking through the, the game in the first half. And 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 you you look at it, Hart, you know, he Hart had 19 in the first half. And they were sleepwalking. That's a luxury we haven't had in a long time. If Embiid wasn't on and he wasn't on early, all the way got blown out. 
But we were actually sleepwalking through the first half and still won the game by almost 20. I know, man. man. I'm watching this thing. I'm like, man, are they going to come back? And all of a sudden in the second (laughs) half, they just they just absolutely blew the Knicks out. Now, now here, Maxi, ridiculous. Let's let's do this though. Okay, three games they look great, but two of them have been against the Knicks. Okay, I don't know what you think of the Knicks. So let me say this to you: the Heat, Milwaukee, Boston. I mean, that's still a tough mountain to climb. You got. These these guys are special. There's no doubt. Those how about how great the East is right now compared to what you're looking at now with what it used to be five years ago. No, how about last year? Last <laughs> okay. year it looked like it looked like the West was just you know the West yep. was up here and yep. the East was down here. Yeah, you know it, it, it's crazy how everything yep. has changed. The polarity has changed. You know somehow we crossed the stream. You know you ain't supposed to cross the stream. We go. Yeah. you're not supposed to cross the stream. When we cross the stream. And now the East is looking good. Chicago looks good. Cleveland looks good. Uh, uh, Miami. I mean, the Bulls. I mean, this this conference is 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 crazy right now. Crazy. Got really got really good overnight almost. It right, seems. right. No question about Even it. Even the Celtics are starting to look better. I know. You know what? Too a lot of people think they are the best team in the Eastern Conference, but with what with what James Harden brings to the table, by the way, man, he makes everybody else open. I'm watching that game last night. I'm like, dude, that whole team is open when he's out there on the floor. I I, I think he brings a dynamic, like you said. You know, maybe a couple of years ago, when they get down 15, they're not winning that game, dude. No, they're not they're coming not back if, no. like you said, and beats not nails. Yep. And now when you got another dude like that that could carry – you know what it kind of reminds me of a little bit? I know different positions, but it kind of reminds me of Kyrie and LeBron in Cleveland. Yep. You know, if LeBron wasn't really hot from the perimeter or getting his back to the basket, you could always look to Kyrie out there on the perimeter and making shots. He's one of the best um, three-point shooters. He's one of the best shots in NBA history. I, I, It looks to me like that kind of team, okay? You know, I mean, the question yeah. mark again to me will be, Will Doc go crazy on rotations when it gets to the postseason? They not see that's got to stop, man. That's got to stop, man. Like, like, like Green, Danny Green. He, he, why is he on the court? He should he should never be on the court, man. And, and at this point, if we go into the playoffs and he gets any type of burn, it, it's, it's that's like kryptonite for this team. So I need for this team to go ahead and just 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 get everything together now. That's all. Get it together now. It'll be a nice ride. If, if, and only if they keep guys like that off the court, like Shake, Shake, I love Shake, but Shake is not a guy I bring into the playoffs. Not when I have the people that I have. They should go as deep as seven. That's it. That's what you do in the playoffs. I mean, I would even when I was playing my my last four years, I rode the bench. I was the sixth man off the bench. You know, somebody got hurt in the offensive line, I come in. It was whether it was guard, center, or tackle. That's what it was in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Oh, I wasn't coming in the spell. Nobody was coming out, you know, unless they were, unless their leg was about to fall off. That's when I got reps. If I wasn't coming in on 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 on, on jumbo and rhino um, formation, when I'm a goal line tight end or a fourth down tight end, I wasn't getting on the field with the exception of punt, PAT, and and and, um, and 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 field goals. That was the only time I was on the field. But they need to have that same type. We cannot have Doc trying to give everybody rep because he feels as though they deserve rep. You don't deserve anything when you're in the playoffs. You're trying to win a championship. 
Absolutely. You play the best people possible. Exactly. Hey, Good morning, Mom. Mom. How you doing? I'll I see you tomorrow, Mom. Oh, that's cool, man. Look at look, look after my uncle for me. I got to go check my uncle, man. See if he's Prayers. all right, man. Prayers, man. Prayers. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right, man. I got to throw this at you here. And I love it, folks, because Barrett hasn't seen these comments or he hasn't heard them. Obviously, today's the start of the NFL Combines. O-line will be the first dudes up. I can't wait to start watching. Some no, no, no. It's not going to be O-line's tomorrow. I'm sorry. O-line's tomorrow? Yeah, so it's quarterbacks, tight ends, and wide receivers today. O-line's tomorrow, D-line's tomorrow, and uh, who else is tomorrow? I think receivers? No, receivers are today. Oh, receivers are today. Receivers and tight ends are today, so that's what the DBs? quarterback's going to throw to. No, the DBs are always the last day. DBs oh. and kickers, I think, the last day. Yeah. Kickers. Kickers, <laughs> hey, dude, kickers aren't football players, okay? Right, right, they're not right. Football, that's, they're not football players, okay? They, they, they're part of the game. That's it. But well, they're, they, not, they're not football players, man. You don't hit, you don't run, and you sit under an umbrella for the majority of practice. <laughs> That's not a football player, dude. I don't know. Okay, bro, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't. I couldn't have that type of pressure on me, man, because nobody likes me until it's time for me to go out there and win a game for them. Then I'm everybody's boy. You know? <laughs> oh, I love you, man. Right. What's the guy's name again? Right, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> dude, what's the dude's name? I don't even know who he is. Hook me up. All right. So Barrett, you know this. We're in the we're in the time right now of misinformation and fake news when it comes to general managers and it comes to people putting things out there when it comes to their respective teams on the directions of what they want to do. So Howie Roseman was asked questions yesterday at the Combines in Indianapolis about the future of Jalen Hurts, the quarterback position. And I want you to, I want you to hear him, Howie Roseman, Xander. Let's get this one up here when he addressed the media and was asked, you know, about how the future of the team, what they're going to do in the off season here, how they're going to build the football team up. I mean, they've got a lot of assets, as we know. There's a lot of money here, and Howie again, you know, to me. I think he's going to run a dual track way of going after people. Here's Howie Roseman at the Combines. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think that when you talk about all the things we talked about at the end of the season, nothing's changed. Uh, I think what really has changed for us is the opportunity to add. You know, this is a great time of year for the Philadelphia Eagles, for us, for our staff, and being here and really getting everyone involved in the draft process um, start free agencies up and coming. And so um, we got to continue to add good players. We got to continue to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximize our players' ability to be successful. Um, and certainly that starts at the quarterback position with Jalen. Yeah, there's no. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's what with he the said quarterback's position with Jalen. With uh, what? With Jalen. <laughs> that with is Jaylen. exactly. That... Play it again. Play it again, Xander. That's exactly what I said. With Jalen. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I think that when you talk about all the things we talked about at the end of the season, nothing's changed. Uh, I think what really has changed for us is the opportunity to add. You know, this is a great time of year for the Philadelphia Eagles, for us, for our staff, <laughs> and being here and really getting everyone involved in the draft process, um, start free agencies up and coming. And so 
Um, we got to continue to add good players. We got to continue to make sure that we're doing everything we can to maximize our players' ability to be successful. Um, and certainly that starts at the quarterback position with Jalen. <laughs> Number one, everyone involved in the draft process. Let me write that down. I'm because <laughs> I got to remember this. See, I'm I'm, I'm gonna be quiet because I've already commented on it. I, I want to hear you, man. By the yes. way, Xander, get those two written ones up next here too. The first one where he's asked about Deshaun, and then the follow up. Hang on for a second. I got to hear Barrett here. At this point, man, I'm, I'm I'm thinking. You know, number one, what really blew me away was everyone involved in the draft process. Um, if he's gonna really get everybody involved, Andy Waddle has to be crew and instrumental in this draft. He's under the old, you know, Ravens, uh, you know, lineage. You know what I'm saying? With with Ozzie Newsom, he got raised up through the, that lineage, so he understands what picking good players are. And given opportunity, I think that he really did allow Andy Wilder a, a, a little say so in last year's draft. Hence, that's why they did, you know, they did okay as far as, you know, guys, you know, helping them out. You know, the first three guys in the draft that they drafted, they kind of helped them out. So when I look at that and I hear that, I'm hoping he's not lying. No, they're half truths. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so. I say that to, to, to springboard to this as they go forward with Jalen. Now he just messed me all up now. Hold now on. I'm no, like, wait, oh, he's lying. wait, wait, no. He's lying now. He's lying. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now watch this. When he was pressed, when it came to asking the questions with all the noise on Deshaun Watson, the comments that he had here. Okay. Howie Roseman's answer when asked on Deshaun Watson. We have Jalen Hurts. That's a lawyer's answer. Oh, there's no question about that. There's no question that he he didn't he, answer the question. He was he was he was he was ready. He was ready. He was ready for that because he wouldn't be a good GM if he didn't kick over every stone and but rock. Aaron, no shit, you have Jalen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but listen and he, look at Howie Roseman on possibly acquiring Deshaun Watson. We have Jalen Hurts, a guy who's led this team to the playoffs. Great. That doesn't answer. Are you interested in Deshaun Watson? Right, right. So it's so am I saying he's a liar? No, they're half truths. Because everything he's saying right now, Barrett, it's true because they don't have Deshaun in the building. So he's talking to you on reality yeah, and not Dan, telling you what they're doing behind the scenes. But Dan, but Dan. It can't be, you know, what I'm trying to say is it can't be a lie because he didn't answer the question. Wait, now watch this one. <laughs> I'm going to show you this now. When Frank Wright was asked a question at the Combines on, and, and, and know this, Chris Ballard came out and said the same stuff too about Carson Wentz and so did Jim Mersey. Here's how you answer a question. I know I believe in Carson. Um, you know, I believe that, you know, I, I believe in him. I, I stuck my neck out for him. You know, I stuck my neck out for him. So, um, you know, last year I was a big part of big part of that decision to get him here. And so, um, you know, I, I believe he's going to continue. I believe he's going to continue to have a lot of success at quarterback that might be here. It might not be here. That decision has yet to be determined. So um, but I still believe in the person. And I still believe in the player. Right. I mean, we're all in progress. You know, I'm in progress. He's in progress. Every one of our players is in progress. Um, 
You just don't want to get into that trap of taking a snapshot of any one week or one year. Uh, it's a bigger story than that, right? So the storyline is much bigger than one season. Uh, we've always had that perspective and we'll continue to. That's how you answer a question when know. asked directly about your quarterback's position on your football team and his place on the team. How he's giving you lawyer answers. Right. That, that's how I saw it, Barry. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right, man. But to, to, to think that Howie's not going to, you know, kick every can, lift every rock, push every, you know, leaf aside to see what's out there to pr prove this team, he'd be lying to say not. You know what I'm saying? He'd be lying. But to lie, you have to, you know, answer the question in a lie. He just didn't answer the question, period. He evaded it. Right. You know, you know, he just he said what he wanted to say, and that was it. No, you know but, I mean? you know, Xander just reminded me, because I brought this up yesterday, too. What you don't want to do in the process, because immediately when you start saying that you're searching for a quarterback, like they came out today in Washington, I'll get to that here in a second. Um, but you don't want to devalue, like they did last year, they devalued Carson Wentz when they went like Absolutely, this. Absolutely, yep. They had just signed Carson to that contract. All of a sudden, he had a shitty year last year. And what did they do? Uh, we're going to have an open conversation and an open competition with Jalen Hurts, and you're like, dude, you devalued the guy. That that's why it was a draft pick that had some that 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 had some tentacles to it, where you had to make sure the guy played seventy percent of the play, so you got it to be a first rounder. I mean, he devalued Carson Wentz last year, and I don't think he wanted to do that again, especially if he's going to be um, involved in a trade. Now, to me, again, Barrett, you know when. It, this time of the year reminds me of the NHL where the NHL will do this. Guy has a foot injury. It'll be listed on the injury report where he has an upper body extremity injury. Yep, or a lower body, to, yes. Yep. <laughs> they'll try to lead you further away from what from what they're actually going to do. This is what leads me to lends me to believe that they are into the Sean Watson sweepstakes. And I'm gonna throw something else at you. So today. The Washington team has come out and said, we have called, and they made this public, we have called every single team that potentially has a quarterback that they could trade for. Does that mean Aaron Rodgers? Does that mean Seattle? That obviously means Houston. Could that mean talking to Jameis Winston? Could that mean talking to the Niners on Garoppolo. I know the Garoppolo thing now is different because he's been banged up. He won't be throwing the ball for 16 weeks. Haas, Washington is going to get a quarterback. There's no question about that. And, uh, you know, the more and more I think about – But Philly won't. But, see, more and more I think about even that that the 49er position and how it directly correlates with uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't see Garoppolo going anywhere. The more and more I think about it, Jimmy G is going to be a 49er. They have his rights. He will be in the locker room. He will be on the team this next year coming up. He's Barrett, not they going gave anywhere. up a ton for him, though, to move up into that three-hole, man. I they know, gave but, up a ton. But they still got to pay him anyway, so why let him go when they can still allow this young guy to, to, to flourish a little bit, to, 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 you know, to, to grow a little bit? Because, um, you know, just like you said, you, you, you've heard – uh, several, you know, big time quarterbacks from that organization say that he's not ready. 
And if those guys, those two guys are saying he's not ready, then he's not ready. Why not keep Jimmy G there so this kid can go and start growing and implement him? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it won't hurt his value. It won't hurt Jimmy G's value. And maybe they trade him before the deadline, you know, the trade deadline. I just see him being in an organization. Now, bring that to Jalen Hurts. It is not bad to have Jalen Hurts on your roster, no. even if you go out and get a Deshaun, because Deshaun's going to have to sit. He's going to have to sit a little while. You know what I mean? He's going to have still to. Get- on a rick- you still on a rookie deal, and you only owe him $3 bucks over the next three years. Ah, da, da. So, I mean, he'll be here. You know what I'm saying? Unless he's involved with the trades to get Deshaun Watson or to get Russell Wilson. And we're thinking there's going to be a whole lot of movement this year as far as the quarterback position. The more I'm looking at things, I doubt seriously if there is a whole lot of movement. There are going to be teams anxious and trying to press the envelope. Like you said, Washington. Washington's going to be trying to push the envelope. I still think Miami's going to be trying to push the envelope. You know, I even though the can I think they're the top dog for the top player because they have 61 under 61 over the cap. Oh, or, yep. excuse me, 61 under under the cap, 61 million, and they have assets from San Francisco and other places where they have a treasure chest of of draft choices. I, I don't just I don't know if that's sexy enough though. You know, the kid Waddle down there's a damn good football player too, okay? And with all the money that they have that's under the cap, what, you know, Miami could get they could be like they they could be like the Cincinnati Bengals um, in one year. But did you see what they said today? They're out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Watch yeah. this. Do you believe that? <laughs> I don't know. know. <laughs> hey, hey, isn't it funny, Barrett, how and, – and by the way, no disrespect to the WIP or the, the um, Philadelphia Inquirer reporter, but you know what's up. Watch this. You really think inside the Philadelphia Eagles organization – watch this. Hey. Oh, hey, hey, Xander, get me the Matt Corral one. Get me the Matt Corral one where Howie's in love with him. <laughs> where Howie's in love with him. I want Barrett <laughs> I want Barrett to see that one too. So you really think that there's people inside the Philadelphia Eagles war room that's putting all these game plans together. They're going to sit there and they're going to tell you exactly what they're going to do. Right. What they're going to do is – they're gonna get, they're gonna get their, their people that they trust in the media, and what they're gonna do, Barrett, push their they're agendas. Gonna, they're gonna push a narrative. It's not a lie. Yes, they probably like this kid. They probably really do. Look at this one, Barrett. You're gonna, yeah, make this bigger for yeah. Okay, look, no disrespect to the kid. This is the guy from IP. Matt Corral said he had an informal interview with the Eagles. And met with the quarterback coach, said he feels he has a great understanding of the offense. Hint at more coming down the road with the team. Right. Right. <laughs> hey, how do you read that? I, I'm going to tell you, the truth. I, I, I read it as, okay, they're trying to throw shade a little bit, you know, trying to get people off the scent of what they're really trying to do, bro. That's how I. You and me see it exactly the same they, way. They're trying to throw you off the trail. I mean, come on, man. I Let's mean, just watch. Hey, Barrett, I got a guy on my draft board that I'm isolating, and I'm going to go to a reporter. And, and no, and I do the interview, and I do the interview with the kid to set the narrative up. I probably like the kid. 
Of all the quarterbacks, this is probably the one the Eagles liked the most in the draft. Yep. And so what they did was, God, you really understand the offense. Man, you're fantastic. Hey, we're hey, can we stay in touch with you? Dude, I don't think you guys understand. When you have an interview like that, they all said I got I got letters from I'm gonna post one of those. I got one from the Patriots. Hey, where are you on draft day? Hey, I want to make sure you're here. Hey, want, want to fly you up to the facility. Dude, that's how they take you off the scent of exactly what you're doing. Bro, they trying to make sure that, you know, because they know you're going to talk. They know you're going to sit out little bits and pieces of information like the Eagles. The Eagles came in and worked me out a week before the draft. Or everybody was done working out. They came up and worked me out a week before the draft. It was impromptu. I'm talking about it was a uh, it was a it was a Thursday night. Like Thursday night was the night we kicked it in college. So I go out that night. I mean, I'm 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 done. I'm done. I get a call at twelve o'clock at night from 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 um, from uh, Bill Callahan. A uh, could you be John Gruden's guru in the O line? Yeah. Hey, could you uh, could you meet us up at the stadium? We'll be in town at six thirty in the morning. And I'm word slurring and everything. I'm like, who is this? Bill Callahan. I said, Bill Callahan, the offensive line coach for the Eagles. 6.30? Yeah, could you meet us there? I'm like, coach, you know, I just, you know, you know, kind of celebrating a little bit. You know, don't worry about it. We're just going to work you out a little bit, see where you're at. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, work you out. I mean, it's not going to be a long workout. Bro, they worked me out for two hours. <laughs> Number one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They wanted me to throw up, see if I was going to throw up. I was going to give them that. They wanted to see if I was going to be tired. I wasn't tired. I went in there, and I had the best workout ever because they was trying to see if I could do it. And because I had that workout, that's why I ended up being the Eagle. And before they left, she said, hey, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just 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 do me this favor. Don't tell anybody we were here. It was almost like it wasn't even, they weren't supposed to do it, like it was illegal or something. They kind of put it to me like it was illegal. They weren't supposed to be there. A week before the draft, we're done with work. I was done with workouts a month before that. And all of a sudden, a week before the draft, you come and work me out. They were like, oh, you know, don't tell anybody. I don't know if they were really supposed to do it. I, they were acting like if they said – Was if Gruden they, there? Gruden was there too, yeah. Wow. Gruden and and um, Callahan and their scout. I'm like, yo, working me out a week before the draft – I've been done with work, doing my workouts and, and, and going to teams. I went to Kansas City. I went everywhere uh, for, you know, for first for personal team things. And Dude, they, that's what made you the 58th player taken, though, man. But see, but, but that's what I'm talking about. You know, yeah. they're not going to lay a, a, a trail of breadcrumbs. Hey, we're going to pick this guy. We're going to pick. The only guy, the only team that did that last year were, were, were the, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did it because they had the number one pick and they could afford to do it. Everybody else was cloak and dagger. They're not going to give their hand before it happens. That's exactly – if that was the case, teams would jump up in a heartbeat to try to make that thing. That's why the Giants are so mad right now that they got we got Devontae Smith because they were definitely going to pick up Devontae Smith in the draft. Absolutely, man. I mean, my, my, my story goes I'm, I'm getting ready to get drafted, and I, I had to go in that supplemental draft. The supplemental draft works like this, that whatever pick you take, it counts against you the following year in the draft. Like if you get drafted, I was drafted fifty. I was drafted fifty six. So their fifty six pick in the eighty eight draft would be taken away from them. That's how when Chris Carter went to the Eagles. I think he went in the seventh round. 
Right. Because he was illegal. It was illegal. He did something at Ohio State um, with an agent. And it was me, Bosworth, and him in the supplemental draft that year. So the next year, the Seahawks got docked the first rounder. The Bucks got docked the third rounder for me. And the um, – because, again, there were there were fewer teams back when I was there. Oh, that's there. right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Okay, there that's were only right. like 28 teams or something like that. The yep. Jags yeah. and the Panthers, them teams were not around. Yeah, because my year, my year was the first year that um, the, the Panthers, the Panthers came in and Jacksonville came in. Yeah. Those two teams were in my draft. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have like the, we didn't have like the Texans. I had nope. the Oilers. The nope. Oilers were still in the league. Yeah, the Oilers were. I, they became the Titans. Yeah, they became the Titans. And yep. so I get a call from the Patriots. I got the letter too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna post it. And they go like this to me. They go, hey, listen, man, we really want to see if we could draft you in the first round. You know, you and Jerome were just like da-da-da-da. And you, we know you're from the New England area. And I go, yeah, man. I mean, but the Patriots stunk. The Sullivan family, they owned it. That stadium was really shitty up there, yeah. man, in Foxborough. <laughs> Not the thing they have now in Gillette. So they go, give me all your information, man. We want to tell you this. So I, I, they took me around the facility. Did you fly around to see facilities at all? Yeah, Back I went then, like did I say, you go I went to Kansas City. Yeah. Went to Kansas City, went to Detroit. Um I went to uh San Diego. I flew to Chicago. I went to the Giants. Never went to the Eagles though. Never huh. went to the Eagles. Can you believe it? Um where else did I go? Pittsburgh? I didn't go to Pittsburgh. Oh man, I can't believe I Green Bay? I went to Green Bay. I did go to Green Bay. Um, I went to Green Bay. I went to New Orleans also. I went, I went to, to Green Bay, the 49ers. I went to the Eagles. I went to the Cowboys, um, Patriots, Buccaneers, and the Dolphins worked me out when I, because obviously it's right there. So I went over and I saw Don Shula. And Don goes, Hey, man, you know, we're going to go to a 34. And I go, What's that? <laughs> 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 I think after I said that, that wasn't going anywhere, man, because people kept going, you know, because I'm, I mean, look, nowadays, when you look at guys like Aaron Donald, see, back in my time, when you're six one and seven eights, dude, you're short in that league. You're short now, but yeah. because when you look at some of these deep tackles and the noses and the inside tackles around six one, six two, those guys are all in that room. When you get these big dudes like this Jordan Davis at 6'6", 365, and these dudes can move. Vince Wolfirk is 6'1 and a half. Right. You yep, take exactly. no big dude too, man. So there was a run on this for a while. They kept going, yeah, we're going to we're gonna go to a 34. I went up to Green Bay, and actually when I became a Buccaneer, the Packers tried trading for me to go up there, and the Rams tried trading for me. And they were still in Los Angeles, but they were playing at Anaheim. Oh, I went to the yep. Raiders. I went to the Raiders too on a workout, and I went out there. I forget where the, you know where they worked out. They worked. They have the old. They had the Laker facility, and now the <laughs> Cowboys have it. The Cowboys have this facility now in Oxnard. Okay, um, that was the Raider facility. So I went in there and I worked out for them. They kept me around the Oilers. I went everywhere, man, and then I ended up getting drafted. But yeah, so that whole thing they were. They were sending me letters. Yeah, we really love you, man. We're gonna draft you in the first round, and you know. Put <laughs> this. I go to Kansas City. How many times did you hear that? We're gonna take. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, oh, you got us. You know what I'm saying? 
you look good in his colors. But when I go to <laughs> I go to Kansas City, right? And this guy, um, uh, Kilpatrick or something like that, he played for either it was either Florida State, Adidas or Florida State, Kilpatrick, Kilpatrick or something like that, okay. Patrick, or he was from Miami, one of the two. Bro, he walks into Kansas City's facility, and uh, when he gets there, um, I forget the GM back then. What was his name? Uh, the well-known guy that you know that um, he not, not Dorsey USA Football. What is his name? Exactly. Oh man, go ahead. He he's God. So what? We're sitting there, right? And this dude turns around and he and he and he turns to um to um. Who's also the, the the cornerback from from the cornerback from Michigan? Todd Light. Todd Light. Todd Notre Light. Dame. Notre Dame it was Notre Dame. That's right, Notre Dame. Him, Todd Light. Uh, we're sitting there, and he, he's looking around the facilities, and they do it like this. Man, I know this ain't the facilities. <laughs> oh this is worse. God, he said, "This is worse." Than, yeah. <laughs> he said, "This this is worse than my high school's facilities." And we're talking to the GM, looking him face to face. We're talking to Jim. What kind of facility you guys got here? <laughs> I'll be taking a pay cut to come here. He's actually saying that Corey Fuller too. Corey Fuller from Florida State. He said I'll actually take a pay cut coming to Kansas City. Hey, he told us, hey man, don't draft me. <laughs> he said Dude, that, bro. He said that. I that's crazy. I, I got to get this picture. I got to get. Uh, here it is, right here. I'm going to send this to Xander here because this is my this is my uh, Patriot one. Um, save the phone. I'm gonna send this to Xander. Hey, but but that's I showed up at the Eagles facility at the vet. They had it underneath the stadium. Yep. Okay, all them <laughs> lockers down there, dude. I go down here and I looked around and I went and my my hurricane my hurricane facility sucked back then. We never had like these great facilities. Dude, the facilities they have now they're still 20 years behind. But they're 10 times – we had a 500-square-foot gym with rusted weights. It's crazy. And I walk in. I'm expecting to see top flight. I'm like, where's the weight room? There it right. is. <laughs> it's got Universal and two dumbbells. And I'm going like this. I go to the Bucks, Bro, they had a – they had like a trailer. Like, we're, like a trailer park kind of thing where you had your media room. Then the gym was in the back of this. I'm going like – Bro, the I'm gonna tell you about facility sucked. When I when 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 we come back from break, I'm gonna tell you the story, some stories about being in the old vet, the old vet veteran stadium. I have some stories for you when we come back from the break. All right, and, and, and we'll finish up on this conversation about the direction of the Eagles, how he addressed in the media there. Barrett Brooks, Big Sills in for Harry Mays. Back in three minutes, keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. 
so good it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. It's the most shocking thing in the world back in the day when you show up and you see some of the facilities at the NFL. Now, they've gotten a lot better. and A, a whole lot, lot better. better, yeah. I mean, these new stadiums have made it so, Barrett, because back in the day, you know, these NFL places, they always looked at you going, hey, it ain't my responsibility if you ain't in shape, man. Yep. You have to go out there and you got to – you get your own gym fees. You build your own gym. It ain't our responsibility. And so they didn't really look at it that – I had to have like a gigantic weight room like they have today. So these new stadiums, they build it into it now, kind of, you know, yep. on, on the new facility. So back in the day, it wasn't like that. Bro, let me tell you a story about being in the vet. I got so many stories, man. You name it, bro. Like one time, man, I was um I was outside and I was signing autographs for kids. And uh, you know what they feed you after the game, you know, they get so I got a cheesesteak, and you know, after the game. I grabbed a cheese, they grabbed my family, and we're leaving out. Some kids came up, and I was walking along, and my kids didn't play that. Like, if a kid a kid their age, you know, and at the time, they're like four or five years old. If a kid came up and they were asked for an autograph, they would stop me. My kids would stop me, dad, 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 dad. He wants you to do that thing, or he wants you to sign something for him. And I would have to do it, you know what I'm saying, because they, because they didn't play that. So I'm out right outside um, Veterans Stadium. I'm talking about right outside Veterans Stadium. So I set my cheesesteak down on the curve so I could sign these autographs for these kids. And two rats, dog. These rats had to have been about <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about these rats had to have been like 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 three pounds a piece, bro. I'm talking about like they're like huge rats. They come over, they come out of this hole and they grab the cheesesteak. And I turned around and looked at them. When I turned around and looked at them, one of them turned around and said, <sighs> like a made a little noise, and like, you know, it's like, like, I wish you would try to take this cheesesteak. And the two rats grabbed my cheesesteak and and took it up wherever they went man they just walked away with it 
Like they were like helping each other take it out. Hey, I'm running interference. This is ours now. It's over, man. You pay. <laughs> you put it down. It's right. over, man. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Or, or I come in for work, and there be dead cats that fell down from the raptors that lived inside the vet that ate the rats that oh. you know down there. I mean, they're living cats, dead cats. We fall because they fall down from a pie, and they be on you. You find them dead, like it's too far for them to land on their feet, but they be dead cats. Uh, you know. Look at this, my 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 um my suburban got stolen. <laughs> Wait, while I'm in workout, parking lot out of the parking lot there, out of the parking lot. First of all, the security guard, he had to been about no lie, about eighty two years old, old. I mean, old old dude. So we go in there. This and, and this is actually the spring. You know what I'm saying? This is like when OTAs and stuff. So we're yeah, we just yeah, going in yeah, to work yeah. out. So I go in to work out. When I when I pull in, you know, they have two sides that you can park in the parking lot inside the vet. So I pull in. It's a guard. It's a, 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 a gate that they had to open to let you in. So I pull in, and I park on this side, and I go in, and I work out. So on my way out to go um, go run, we had to go out and do, go to another field, a, a field that they put on top of concrete. They put dirt <laughs> on top of concrete and grew grass there. That's the field we have for Philly when I was with the Eagles. I go where I run and I'm coming back and I'm coming down the stairs going down and the security guard said, Hey, you should have paid your bill. I'm like, what? You should have paid your bill. So I'm just thinking the old man, just talking stuff, man. I'm like, don't worry about what you're talking about. So I keep going. I go downstairs. I, uh, you know, finish my workout lifting. I come back out. When I come back out, I walk to where my truck is. I'm like, Oh, my truck isn't here. Well, maybe I did park it on the other side. Second guessing myself. I went over to the other side. It wasn't there. So I run back. And I say, I say, hey, hey, hey! Somebody took my um, somebody took my truck. And dude said, you should have took, uh, you should have paid your bill. I said, what do you mean you should have? I should have paid the bill. My truck was paid off. What are you talking about? Well, a car, I mean, a, a um, a tow truck came that had. But hold on, this is it. It was a light blue. It was a light blue tow truck with a round, um, a round yellow sign with triple A, but three A's inside the round mark. And when they looked at it on the um they looked at it on the on you know on the cameras, it was handwritten <laughs> on a triple A. It was handwritten, bro. Stole my truck. So on a security camera, somebody looks at it and goes, Hey, triple A showed up. Bro, he wrote it on his truck door. Bro, it's like they took they took you know the craft paint and painted it on there, man. That's... They painted it on there and took my truck, bro. Can you believe that? That's crazy, man. Jerome, that big parking lot. Jeff Fisher and all them dudes used to say that that gigantic parking lot, like during breaks in between like team meetings, Jerome would get on his ninja motorcycle and go 200 miles an hour in that parking yep. lot <laughs> up and down, just up. And they were just sitting there watching this guy. And he was just going, he'd get his bike and he'd go to, he would just go crazy. Cause you know, that parking lot, how big it is. Right. 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 And he's just flying down there. Dude, I show up on my, Buddy was the coach. So I, I know I kind of told you a little bit. So they flew me in. This is after um I got this is after I got released by the Bucks. So he brings it's the first place I went. They called me and I get up there and I'm looking around. They work me out at the vet and I'm out there, man. I'm like, this is the shittiest turf I've ever been on, man. I've never seen shittier turf, man. And so I didn't say anything because, you know, you don't, you're trying to make a good impression. I work out. 
And I think if I, I think Jeff Fisher was the D line coach, and Jeff's like this, hey man, I mean, you know, we got Wilkes here, but he's banged up, and you know, we got Golic here too, but um, you know, Jerome speaks highly of you. Man, I come rolling in there. Buddy Ryan's all fired up and shit. You think I want you around here with him? <laughs> I look over, I look over at Jerome, I go, you motherfucker. You and 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 hey, hey, I'm Jerome goes, he goes, I don't want two of you guys in here like that. You think I want you around here like this guy right here? Absolutely not. I'm standing there going like this. Jeff Fisher goes like this to me. And I'm going, I go, hey man. That I I really thought they were good. They were close to sign. I was like this, man. This is I think okay, I'm gonna play with the Eagles. I'm gonna be in the NFC East, you know. That was back then they were great, you know. I mean, Taylor's in the East, Washington's good. Right, so right. Like, this is gonna be good, man. I look over at him, I said, because I guess he dogged it on a Monday night. You know, they bring players in on Tuesdays, right? So, hey, <laughs> he got – I guess they benched him on a Monday night. And, man, there he is sitting there. I saw him. We're hugging. We're talking. Buddy sees both of us. He goes, look, I know who the two of you are. I know who he is especially. I go <laughs> – he goes, I know who you are, man. And I went, great. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> on the plane to San Francisco. Right. <laughs> It was crazy, man. The, the vet was just unbelievable, man. I mean, unbelievable. Some of the stuff that happened, man. Like, like, damn, you had a sandwich in your car t- <laughs> stolen by took a my dude with a paint on stick. Right. Hold on. And then you talk about ninja motorcycles. We're in camp, right? And you know, we go to we go to Westchester. We my first year. We were in Westchester. We weren't in Lehigh. They weren't in Lehigh yet. We were in Westchester. So after camp, you know. All the guys that you know that didn't have a place to stay, like the rookies and young guys, we all went to the Holiday Inn yeah. down there at um down there by the stadium. Like we could walk to work from the stadium where the Holiday Inn is now a casino called Live, but we could walk to work from that um from that Holiday Inn. It's right there, right off the highway. So I hear it like it's like three o'clock in the morning. I hear woo, 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 woo. it's like 10 motorcycles. And all of a sudden I hear glass breaking. Cling, 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 cling. <laughs> what they were doing was the guys on the motorcycles, they go in, they break the uh window, they get your 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 card out, the uh, what do you call it? The um the ID card, whatever it is, the um your registration card. They take the registration card, not stealing the cars, but taking the registration card. They did it to like 20 cars that were out there, most of them players' cars. Next thing you know, like a month later, guys' cars start getting stolen from their houses that were on those cards. So they were taking the cars and 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 replating them and, and targeting the you. Yeah, and the, the VIN number, everything. They so they already had it plated up. They go steal the cars from the houses they were at and and replate them and sell them. Can you believe that? <laughs> so like ten players got their cars stolen from their house. From That's their house. crazy, man. Hey, Barrett, I want to show you a. Um... So people could see it. These these are the letters. These are the bullshit letters that they give Barrett and myself when you um here here <laughs> make it bigger here so I can read it here. Dick Steinberg, who was the head of um, pro scouting for the uh, for the for the Patriots. Hey, I'd like to know where you are draft day. You've been identified. You've been identified as one of the uh, top players in the upcoming draft, and we'd like to really know where you're going, man. How many of those things did you get? 
I um I got I think I got like 17. 17 <laughs> You know, half the league sent you. Hey, Barrett, we love you. We're gonna right, see, right. We're, we're taking we're you, sign you. Yeah, five yeah. picks. <laughs> like people don't say, this is before computers and like emails and you know stuff like that. You get yeah, no, this was a letter sent to me. Yeah, yeah. So you know, people looking at it now like they don't really understand what we're talking about because you send emails or you call, you text, or you what? No cell phones. Like to have a cell phone back then, it would cost you. I, I remember my cell phone bill. Used to be about like two grand Would a you month. It's big back. Then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you had the flip phone. You had the flip phone. It's like three phones put together, the little flip phones, and it was it was it was at the time it was like maybe like thirty forty five cent a minute. Yeah, a minute. <laughs> we paid by the minute back then. Yeah. So cell phones were about bills were like fifteen hundred dollars. Oh, huge two thousand dollars. Huge money. It was crazy, man. No, no, don't call me. Or you have to wait till after eight o'clock to call. You know, saying then the calls were free after eight o'clock um, on weekends. It was <laughs> on Saturdays, free. you got a right. break, <laughs> <laughs> right? Saturdays and weekends were different. Hey, wait a minute. I got one more story for you here before we go back on to whether. Well, I know you don't believe Howie anyway. So, so, dude, we had this gigantic scandal. The FBI got involved with it. I shouldn't be saying this, man, but. So back in the day, uh, this is I, you. You may remember how. Remember the MCI. Remember MCI was a long distance phone. Yep, company? yep, yep, yep. MCI you had was to have West. a code. Yep, and you had to have a code so that you could make long distance calls. Yep. So man, <laughs> I'm gonna narc him out. <laughs> man, Michael Irvin, man, would sit there and just hit these four codes. He would just until he and he would put. I don't know, 10. He'd put 10 of these codes that worked. Man, we go to this one phone. Hey, yeah, Grandpa, how you doing, man? Everything's good. How you paying for this? Ah, you know, the school's paying for it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We got it. It's all good, you know? Man, guys were calling all over the country, man. I mean, all of a sudden, we're at practice. <laughs> the whole fucking team. We're at practice. And by the way, dude, during that time, like you said, the media, they hated us. Right. <laughs> okay. The, these these gangster kids, black kids, they didn't like the way we act. They just hated all of us. All of us. We're all in this. And media's going, hey, FBI shows up at the University of Miami uh, training facility. And word is that the Miami program is now being investigated by the FBI. And so finally, the FBI comes in and they go, "You guys charged like four hundred thousand dollars, four hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars with the phone calls, and it's actually a federal crime." And so wow. we were all like, "This, hey, hey, they came to me, man, and I went like this. Hey, I, I think I only, I think I only charged like a thousand dollars. I didn't want to lie, <laughs> but I wasn't going to give them the number because how could they prove it? You didn't have a camera to prove how much I did." So I just went like this. Yeah, I had like $1,000 maybe. And, dude, the FBI came in, and the school had to pay four hundred grand back to MCI. <laughs> and back in like those times, that was a big number coming out of your athletic budget, which we didn't have. Holy – here's hey, here's Urban. 5238, 4196. Dude, I'm <laughs> – Hey, 
hey, Grandpa, how you doing? How's everything going, man? That was I mean, genius, though, man. That was ingenious, man. Hey, but so the Jimmy comes into the team meeting. He goes, okay, who, who are the phone operators in here? We all looked and we went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, when you, and then what happened was, what you did was then the FBI and all of a sudden the NCAA, they come in and they go like this. Celio's driving a Corvette. Jerome is in a Grand National. Um, uh, Brett Perriman's in a BMW. Michael Irvin's driving a Beamer. Um, Vinny Testaverde is in a Mercedes-Benz. The guys looked at our car lot and they were going like this. This looks like the Dolphins car lot. Dude, all these, all these deals that we had cut. I got it. Hey, let me tell you how I got my car. My first car was a Corvette. That's was crazy. a candy apple red Corvette. So you know, because I, I I I tell Eric Dickerson this. Dickerson got a Trans Am. I go, uh big sales don't go anywhere for Trans Ams, dog. That's a white guy's car. <laughs> I'm not. That's a white redneck car, man. I ain't driving that thing. So, <laughs> so get this. So remember them Lloyd's of London policies? Yep. I I came up with this. They changed the rule the next year. So I came up with this. I go, okay. I need a I need ten thousand dollars because they were going to insure me for seven. $750,000 going into my senior year. So I said, damn, they go, you need to get someone to sign it. I go, how about my coach, Jimmy Johnson? So they go, that'd be great. So I went to Sunbank and I said, okay. So I went to Lloyd's and told them what I was going to do. Jimmy signed my Lloyd's of London. I went to Sunbank, um, this old bank down in South Florida called Sunbank. And I go in there for a $35,000 loan. They give it to me off the fact that I was going to be a top three-round prospect in the NFL. I'm walking around with $35,000 in my pocket. So what I do is I go to one of my alumni guys, Anthony Abraham, which is now AutoNation. So I go to Anthony Abraham, and I go like – I told the story on the air like 10 years ago. He goes, hey, you know, we kind of still own a piece of the thing. They've since been out of it, right? (laughs) I actually was going to go to Norman Brayman, but – the Cadillac was too much. So I go like, I go like this to it, Norman. And I go like, I got, I posted this picture of my Cadillac or my uh, Corvette too. So I go like this to the guy, Hey man, you know, how much, how much is this? He goes, listen, man, this is the kind of car to get you in trouble. So I'm going to give you a special Corvette, man. This motherfucker had no power windows. I had to roll it down. Didn't have a cassette player in it. He gave me that model on the lot. And said, I'll give you this one here, and I'll tell you what I'll do. 600 bucks a month, but you don't have to pay me now. You could pay me a dollar a month till you get drafted. I said, deal. <laughs> so right. there I am. I'm driving it home to my dorm. I come pulling up to a stoplight. I see this guy doing this in front of me in his Cadillac. <laughs> What's that guy doing? I pull the car over, man. It's Jimmy. Where the fuck did you get this? <laughs> hey, here, here, here's my answer. I found it. <laughs> he goes, you found it? What do you mean you found it? I go, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he goes, you know they got eyeballs on us right now. You know they hate us, and you're driving around a brand new How many miles on it? I go, seven. 
get that much. You're off the team. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I come up to the office. Myrna calls me. Hey, Jimmy wants to see. You. I'm like, oh, shit. So I ride my bike over. <laughs> I walk in his office, man. He's like this. He's got his head. He goes, you're back on the team. Get rid of the car. If I see it again, be the last time I tell you. <laughs> Puts his head down. I go, what am I supposed to do with the car? I bought it. He goes, you bought it. How did you buy it? I go, well, you helped me buy it. He goes, what? <laughs> That's my story of my Corvette. Bro, at least you got a Corvette. You know what I – see, you went to Miami. You got that. I didn't get anything <laughs> like – you know what I got? I got a damn Honda Elite 250 scooter <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a twin-size waterbed. That's the extent <laughs> of what I got at Kansas State, bro. Bro, rain, see the snow, bro. I be on it on that scooter, man. It's cold as hell. It's snow outside. It, it didn't matter. I'm rocking, bro. I had that scooter, bro. My entire, my entire, no, two years, my junior and senior year, they gave me a scooter, man, a Honda Lee scooter. Long story long, I was in the league for like six years, and I was still getting uh, uh, traffic violations from guys at the school. Using my scooter, it got handed down from class to class. Guys using my scooter, scooter because I just left it there. I just left yeah. it there. We it was still in my name. They didn't even change my name or anything. They just wrote it and got tickets on it for me. I was averaging about maybe five hundred bucks a a, a year in tickets from Kansas over that daggone scooter, man. That's funny because <laughs> Kevin Fagan, um, he left this duster behind, and this thing, man. Anytime we had to go somewhere, we would just get in the duster. And this was a car. I don't know. Kevin Kevin probably paid like 1500 bucks for it. And he would pass it down <laughs> to everybody. This duster, man. I mean, we're slamming into, slamming into cars. We're hand, oh, my God. This car was passed down until the wheels <laughs> fell off. Finally, Kevin goes down to college and goes, guys, I got $5,000 in parking tickets. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I didn't drive it. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> Jerome did. <laughs> Bro, everybody had, I think everybody from Michael Bishop had my scooter. I think Sproles had my scooter. Everybody took the chance, man. Everybody took their turn in driving that damn scooter for like five or six years. Five, I just paid, you know, I just paid the tickets on it, man. It like $500 in tickets. Every year, and I just just paid him, man. It just got handed down. Finally, you know, it just it was on his last leg, man. It just you know, took it out the pasture and shot it or something, man. But that scooter was there forever. Hey, forever, Barrett, man. one of one of one of my great jobs at UM was parking cars for Dave Hill at the tourist room. So after a game, I'd go over to this place, and first, Jerome got me the job with Luther Campbell. I go, oh, Uncle Luke. Uncle Luke got me the gig. He goes, Hey, you want a job? I go. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> I was like, you know, kind of. I guess you're all right. That's oh, only a couple hours. So I go over there, man. They dad be parking these exotic Jaguars and like Porsches and Ferraris. I'm slamming them into the curbs. I am terrible on a clutch. I can't do <laughs> shit. I'm banging this thing. I go over to Dave Hill. Dave Hill goes, Here, here's 600 bucks. And I go like this, for parking cars? He goes, yeah, this is your last job. You ain't doing this one again. You're out of here. You get, <laughs> I got people's cars that have been slammed. I got to pay for all this. Get the hell out of here. Here's 600 bucks. 
Luther used to do this for us. If I had 10 tackles in it, this is why I had 100 tackles one year. If, if you get, hey, hey, and I, we're, all, we're all arguing in the locker room and in team meetings. And Butch Davis, your boy you hate, go, hey, <laughs> hey, watch this. We're all fighting. That's my tackle. No, that's my tackle. If you got 10 tackles, Luther give you 100 bucks. If you got a sack, he'd give you another one. So one year I had 100 tackles and I had like seven sacks, right? And I'm, I'm going like this. Okay, hey, that's mine. Drum's like, man, come on, man. I missed two games. I go, shit, nine tackles, man. Every one of them balls Jimmy gave me, all 10 tackles, man. Watch this. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600. That's $600 worth of footballs back there. <laughs> Uncle Luke gave it to me, man. That's what it was all about, man. Trying to get it, man. Here, you getting cars and six. All I got was a scooter, man. Hey, a scooter that ended up having right. a heritage right. at K State. <laughs> Bo, we had this dude. Um, we had this dude. He now, it's called Aggieville in Kansas. Picture that Aggieville. So we're we go down there and we, you know, that's where the strip is where we used to hang out at Kansas State. Well, we had this dude. He owned. He owned. He's a former football player, and he owned a liquor store. And what he would do, he say, "Look, guys, I can't let you guys come in and buy anything because we were all underage, anyways." Yeah, you know, so I didn't. I got drafted when I got drafted. I wasn't even twenty-one yet. I was 20. holy cow. Yeah. So when I got drafted, so he said, "All right, look, guys, this is what we're gonna do. You can drink all you want to drink, but you got to drink inside inside my store." Okay. Now, when you leave, it's on you. You can't tell where you came and you drank it. But you can stay here and drink all you want to drink. Leave. You can even come back and drink some more. But you can't leave without. Um, you can't leave with any liquor. So cool. So we go get bent. Go out there and party. Come back. Get bent again. Go out and party some more, man. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the perks so you'd I go got. out. You know, you get liquored up. Go out. Come back. Yep. <laughs> I, I I just sent Xander a picture of my Corvette. I love that thing, man. Uh, you know the tail I pulled in that thing. All right, listen, we'll reset. We'll get back on the rails a little bit here. I want to show you this picture, man. This Corvette was awesome. I loved it. Jerome and I raced, too, of course, because, dude, he had a Grand National. Come on, Hey, man. Barrett, I had no idea how fast that thing was. Bro, the six-cylinder is a six-cylinder turbo. No, no. It looked like some it, – it, it was like it, I had a Corvette, and I'm like, I'm going to beat the brakes off this guy. Here, there's Big Sills' Corvette. <laughs> By the way, that pitch is taken right there at the University of Miami, right there near our locker room. That's crazy. Yeah, that's my that's my car, that's my first car I ever owned when I was at the University of Miami. So I go like this to Jerome. Jerome goes, I'll race you for three hundred dollars. And I went like this. All right. Dude, this guy's got like a like it looks a, like a, uh, a cutlass. It looks like a cutlass. It looks exactly. That's a, that's what I thought it that's was. What a Grand National is yeah, Grand National, but it's a six cylinder turbo charger. Bro, he car. destroyed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he destroyed me, man. All right, we'll reset. Get back on the rails here. Barrett Brooks, Big Seals in for Harry Mays. Keep it here, right here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. 
Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply glasses for free that's right one free rocks glass per customer with each first time purchase of stateside vodka so good it just disappears imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life that's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Dan Celio in for Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks, hour number two. As you can see, Barrett, I took a pay cut when I went to the NFL. Right. <laughs> I had a good time in college, man. And it was. I could imagine being in Miami, man. I couldn't. Oh. I couldn't. It was so, it, hard work. Right. Okay. We, we, I'll tell you this. We worked hard and we played hard. Yep. And those guys that I played with, man, I just, like I said, it was like different. I mean, they all these like 30 for 30s that they've made on us. And what we did down there and what we accomplished down there. I look at Alabama today and I go, yeah, okay. 
But do you understand that? Check it out. Look at all the Hall of Famers that we have put in uh, the University of Miami in the last, I don't know, 20 years. From Kelly to Irvin to Cortez to Sapp to Reed to Lewis. Lewis. I mean, now we got Reggie Wayne up. We got Andre Johnson up. We got Devin Hester up. Big Vince will probably get an opportunity. Calais Campbell may get an opportunity one day. I mean, it was really a special time in recruiting. I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. I love what Mario Cristobal is doing down there. And by the way, one thing Mario's great at, and this kind of goes down the line here a little bit with Howie Roseman, Mario goes after and gets great offensive linemen. He really knows how to recruit them. Why do you think that – would you agree, I would say, that that has been really probably the strength of Howie Roseman's evaluating because I'm looking at now the uh, the combines here and it says which quarterback will star on today's on-field workouts. So the quarterbacks are going today. Yeah, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Yeah, Kenny and, uh, Pickett's just getting ready to get out there and start throwing. So I'm looking at some of the uh, preparation as they're getting ready. But what what what's would you agree, Howie? That's been his forte, all O lineman. Well, he you know he was he was tutored under the tutelage of of Andy Reid, and that's the first thing Andy did. You know, first big recruit that he got was um, you know, he drafted a quarterback. You know, that's what he first got there. But then he went about, you know, solidifying that offensive well, line. McNabb was his guy? Yeah, McNabb was his guy. So then he goes out and gets him, um, you know, the other, you know, bookend tackle and in, in, in John Runyon to, to be paired up with uh, Trey. You know, Trey was, you know, first-round pick the year before with, you know, we played with me. He was in that first-rounder in that draft. And then he brings in Runyon. Another outstanding player. Right. So, you know, now you have – Twin Towers, you got the bookends. You got two guys that played 10 years together and solidified that offensive line. So how he saw that, that's why he didn't have a problem with, you know, drafting in the trenches. He loves to draft in the trenches. Now, you know, Derek Barnett didn't turn out for him and, you know, Dillard didn't pan out for him. But I really think that, you know, that's one of the strong suits that he has done is solidifying the defensive lines and taking chances on guys and some of them played well, some of them didn't. But, you know, like Two Hill, Two Hill, you know, got drafted by the Eagles in like the sixth or seventh round. But now he's the guy that gets, you know, quality reps and plays hard for uh, for the Washington football team or the commanders now or commando commanders, whatever they're called. <laughs> I don't care. But you, you know what? We, we, we had a guy, you know, Barrett, you can always tell in an offensive lineman when an offensive lineman is not going to be good. And here, here was my litmus test. Man, I played against this one dude, and uh, albeit he was in the World League, he's 6'7", and he's 355 pounds. I grabbed him. I threw him on his head, and I was like this. I may have. I threw this guy, I threw this guy on his head, and I went, man, this guy here, man, he, he has no lower body strength, and he does not have balance. Same thing in the NFL. You when you grab a guy and you can throw an offensive lineman, that means he has no balance and he'll never make it if he doesn't have balance. Like people were telling me about that kid Flowers who Miami had, who yeah. was the number one draft choice. He sucked, man, because they said that he couldn't play with balance in his feet. Man, when you when you play against a really great old lineman, man. These guys are like athletic tree stumps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you when you put your hands on a guy 
and he you don't throw him, and he's stout, and he's got long arms, and he's just as athletic, and that Moe's just as strong as you, man, you you better have a miner's cap on and a lunch pail because you're going to go to work all day with that one. You know, I yeah, mean, they, right? look at Riley McKenzie. Riley McKenzie was one of the original Hogs I played with. His core and his balance was un- – it was crazy. Like, he would get swam, and the guy would swim and get their shoulder, and he'd be bent back. But he, his core was so strong that he could lift the guy right back up and put him right back on his body and sit down. I mean, he was also like a black belt, too, like a sixth-degree, fifth-degree, 15th-degree black belt. You know what I mean? You know, he, he's one of those guys that when he grabbed you, you weren't going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? He was just so strong, man. And even at the time, he was, you know, kind of old. He was like his, his 12th year when I played with him. He was still strong as an ox, still limber, and could still move the crowd, man. Man, those guys. I mean, the the great old lineman. Like I tell you, the guy I struggled with, believe it or not, was Nate because Nate, Nate was oh, left-handed. Yeah. Nate oh, was <laughs> left-handed, and he popped that thing in. And I hadn't played against a left-handed guy like that before. And he put that. Um, bam! You're like, damn, my whole swim thing's different. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get around that. I mean, plus Nate had better feet than you thought. Oh yeah, yeah. Nate, yeah. Nate, Nate, Nate had some pretty good feet. All right, Barrett. You heard the comments and you saw the comments from Howie in, at the Combines. What, what, you having played and you knowing this guy, what's the game plan you think truly for this football team this offseason? I mean, what is the plan? Because that stuff that he told the media, I ain't buying that at all. I don't believe it. I didn't believe it at first. You should have seen Xander yesterday. When Xander started playing me some of this, I go, you don't believe this, do you? He's like, man, I think he's going to take. He goes, I, he goes. I think they're going to take a quarterback in the draft. I go, no, they're not. No, they're not. They'd rather stick with Jalen. Here's here's where I'm going. They'd rather stick with Jalen and draft any one of these guys in the draft because you know why? You're on a rookie contract, and you get to build the rest of your team. They would be more satisfied to stick with Jalen, know that he's a stopgap guy, build the team around them. Put the resources in the defense. Um, get another number two. And if Jalen ain't it, go out in the open market when Russell Wilson's deal is up next year and bring Wilson in, make him a five-year stopgap, drop his ass in Philadelphia or whomever. I mean, I don't think they're going to go into the – why would he waste the one to walk backwards again? So watch this. You're going to go from Wentz. Hurts to a rookie quarterback, you won't be relevant for the. That means you would not have been relevant since seventeen. Yep, five years. <laughs> right, 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 right. Why would he do that? I, I can't see him doing it either because it just doesn't make sense. Um, also, you know, the big word around here, you know, in the, in the Philadelphia area, is um, that they're going to use all three picks. I doubt that seriously. I think they're going to trade back and and and, and get more picks. Uh, for next get year. another first rounder next year. Yep, they're gonna get that. That's that's just what I'm thinking. So I use, agree. I think they'll use two this year, trade trade back, so they'll have another pick for next year, and um, hopefully they go about you know solidifying number one, a pass rusher. That's the number one need for this team right now, a pass rusher. Then after that, I really think they're gonna go with a receiver. Oh I, my I, god! Yes, yes. Watch what I tell you. You don't think they're going to use a one on a wire, do you? <laughs> yes, I do. 
Yes, I do. You think he wants the right to ship because he screwed up on Jefferson? Yes. 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 That's not building a team. That's covering your ass. Well, that's what he's the king of that. <laughs> he's one of those guys. He'll tell you, I told you so. He'll tell you, I told you so in a minute. I'm going to tell you the truth. I like Howie because Howie's going to do what Howie wants to do. He doesn't care about what anybody else is saying. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, and he's trying to. That's a lot of power the owner's giving him then. Right. So he's a, he'll fall on the sword for these guys. Like he's falling on the sword for Jalen Rager. He's trying to play him regardless. It's a direct order going down to the coaching staff. Make sure this guy gets the rock. That's why he starts? Yes. Oh. That's exactly why he starts. He would See, that philosophy doesn't fly with Belichick. That's why the Patriots are a better organization. Oh, they're not the gold standard. The because Eagles. don't you agree they make the tough cuts and the tough decisions? This guy sucks. Like that kid, Nikhil Harry, that kid at Arizona State, he's a flop. They know it. Okay? They put him in situational scenarios where they put him in a seam and they put him in a slot. So you drafted a number one wide receiver to put him in a slot so that he could be on third down and put him in a position to potentially get you a first down because you know he's a possession wide out now. He's not a guy like he was at Arizona State that they thought he was going to blow the top off of defenses. And they know it. So what they do is, at least what they're trying to get out of him is, they're putting him in scenarios where he can at least succeed, okay? But you can't have a number one draft choice in that position where you put a guy in there like that and you keep him on the roster and you start him. They're not starting that guy. Well, they're starting that's why I think they're going to look for a wide out in the draft. Yep, I think so also. That's why at this point they kept, you know, J-Jaw. J-Jaw, J-Jaw I think a wide side. They are forcing him to be in the lineup. Like is he's he a the better fourth. blocker. Well, that's what he is. He's the he's the he's the he's the he's a blocker. You that's a, every first thing they say. You see JJ out there. You see the way he was blocking. I don't want to see him blocking. You know it's cool you're blocking. I love that you're blocking, but I also want to see you catch passes. You get paid to catch passes, not block. But dude, but, but wait a minute. Let me push back on you a little bit here. But isn't that the style of offense they're building where they're running the ball? You can't have snowflakes out there on the perimeter. You've got to have guys that resemble the guys in Tennessee a little bit, Barrett, where, hey, I get it. You're right. When you give up that kind of money and that kind of positioning in a draft, bro, you can't just be – when you're a second or third rounder or first rounder, those are premium picks. You can't. Just be a dude that's one-dimensional. You've got to have a game. And he has – the only game is to run the ball. Well, how about this? I would come back at you and go like this. Well, we were number one in rushing, and that's what they want us to do. They want us blocking down the field. I mean, I didn't see any wide receivers on this football team have exceptional years, including the guy that they went out and got who's the former Heisman Trophy winner. So, to me, I'm being asked – what they're asking me to do, be proficient in the in the run game. Well, quite frankly, we were number one in running. We were the number one running attack in the NFL. How didn't I do my job, what you're asking me to do? Because, again, it could be a fundamental flaw how they're building the team on what you and I are saying. Those wideouts have to make plays. They have to get situationally open. But what it's almost like they don't have an identity. They want to run the ball, but they want to throw the ball, but their wide receivers don't block. Yep. That's it in a nutshell. So 
because that's the way the situation is, it's not working for them because you're asking a guy to go out there and not have any offensive output, which is handicapping your offense because now you can't throw to him. So it's making you be one-dimensional. You got to take your chances. I got an offensive line that'll block. Okay, you get to the second level, you get eight yards instead of a whole run play with you know with 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 the running back. But you need running. You need wide receivers out there that can catch. I'll do without. If as long as as long as my offensive line gets me to the second level, I'll live with all that. You know, you don't need. I don't need a, a, a blocking wide receiver. I don't need it. What I do need is a receiver that can catch the ball on third down. A receiver that can catch the ball on second down. We don't have that. And that's a problem because you can't run the offense with that. If you got stone hands out there, but he's stone handing um, safeties or blocking linebackers, that's all cool. And Danny, it looks good, you know, as far as on tape when, you, when you're sitting in a meeting room with the team. But that's not what sells tickets. That's not what wins games. What wins games is guys going out there and with production and making first downs, you know, keeping the chains moving. Give me that. Give me that. See, that's off the line do it. That's a tough sell to tell a player selling tickets. I don't care about selling tickets. <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, I, I get, but see, they're trying to, this, when you look at Tennessee, you know what they're doing. When you, when you're looking at Indianapolis, you know what they're doing. Actually, San Francisco, yep. you know what they're doing. This is why I think when you look at third down situations with this Eagle offense, it's exactly what you say, Barrett. They don't have the talent. When you're third and eight, it's got to be one of the worst defenses in the I mean, worst offenses in the NFL for third and eight because they're not set up for production. And that's why you can't have three and outs. Yep. That's why you've got to be more proficient. With this style of offense, the Eagles have to be productive on first and second down. That's why when they get out there and they get that situational play calling going and it's backwards like they did um, in that in that Giants game when they went up there and they just fell all over themselves, bro, you can't throw the ball like that on first and second down. You're going to have third and eight or you're going to have three and outs. Okay, stick with who you are because when you get in third and eight, Barrett, they don't have the skill set, guys, including the signal caller, to yep. throw you out of trouble. So you've got to be proficient on those first two downs. That's why I thought Sirianni, at times, I didn't know what he was doing because he wasn't falling in line with what that team is being built around because I think it's the confusion of what you're saying. They want to throw the ball down the field, and they want to throw the ball 45 times. And I think that comes down to Sirianni being told, like you said, hey, we got Rager out here. We got these. Uh, we got we got Devontae. We, we drafted a number one pick. It's almost like it seems that to me at times during the game that they're pressured to throw the football when that's not who they are. That's why they fall behind the sticks at times, and that's why you see a lot of third and eights. And when you're in third and eight as an offense, defense has got the advantage. Well, it's absolutely got the advantage. And it's 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 the mere fact that Sirianni was able to change and the team allowed him to change. Well, the, the people upstairs allowed him to change. Let's me know that they give Sirianni a little more leeway than they gave Doug as far as decision-making on which way this team is going. That's number one. Number two, the owner and, and, and you know, everybody wants to throw the ball. They want pocket passers. You know, that's why I don't think Jalen really fits in what the owner really wants, but they're winning and he'll take the winning. 
But watch when 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 things start looking a little hairy, they're gonna go back to wanting to throw the ball. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be it's gonna be a situation where if you can't throw the ball, it's gonna be hard pressed for them to do anything other than that. I'm telling you, they'll stop running the ball. They're gonna start throwing the ball unconsciously in, in, in just a little while. Watch what I do, tell you. Do you think the players in the locker room believe that ownership and the GM believe? In Jalen Hurts, or do you think they like him? Because you know you don't you don't have the same situation that you had with Carson splitting the locker room here, but you have a different scenario on splitting the locker room because you and I we're trying to tell people there's certain guys in the locker room you can't bullshit. There's certain guys who don't care. There's certain guys who get a paycheck and are gonna go out and give you 100 percent no matter what, no matter who's behind uh, the center. I'm going to go out. I can worry about my little sandbox. Yep. And I'm going to go out there and play my ass off no matter who it is, no matter what they're thinking. I'm going to, there's some guys that, there's all these little clicks that are in that locker room. You think that locker room looks at Jalen Hurts and goes, I can win a Super Bowl with him? Honestly, I don't think so. I don't. But what saves it, they like him. Yes. They respect him. And they, they like his journey. Yep. They 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 like his um his tenacity. They like his leadership. They 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 they're on board with Jalen Hurts the man. You know what I'm saying? They love that aspect of him. But as far as them winning a Super Bowl with Jalen, I, I I'd be hard pressed to say that they can't. They they will say this. I think we can win a Super Bowl in the offense in which we ran this year with running the ball the way we ran it and him being. Uh, a guy who can execute it and get him, get him out of hairy situations. His biggest intangible, I think, is his ability at the end of games to make things happen when there's nothing else happening. And they believe in that aspect of his game. So they believe in the offense being able to get him out of hairy situations, but I don't think they believe in, you know, necessarily that he can throw them out of situations. Here's here If you're going to build a team around your old line, and that's looking like to me now that I'm watching on how Howie – has a real good eye, I think, for offensive linemen. This is what I want my team to look like. I want my team to look like San Francisco and what Kyle Shanahan's doing. The difference between what San Francisco does in running the ball and what Philadelphia does, the quarterback has no part of the running game. Yep. He is not part of it. That's a scarier group than the Eagle group. They could be what the 49ers are, but to me, Barrett, when my guy – is not running the ball, and I'm moving dudes off the line of scrimmage, and I'm blowing people up, San Francisco is a more intimidating and a more physical football team than what Philadelphia is. And I say this because my quarterback doesn't get banged up running. He's not part of the running game. You got Samuel, who he throws to. They're proficient on third down. That's why you see San Francisco majority of the time in third and two. Because the quarterback's not relied on to create movement in the sticks and to get first downs. See, Jalen is counted on, I mean, 900 and some odd yards that he ran for. That's why I don't care about that coming from my quarterback. It sounds great on a stat sheet and for Madden, 10 touchdowns, this and that. But I am not going to win. My quarterback's going to get banged up. Hell, I'll even throw this into the conversation here with this. I mean, if you're if you're the Ravens, and you saw the way the second half of the season ended up for Lamar Jackson. 
And he is now the superstar guy that has that style of running. Am I going to really give that guy a five-year contract extension knowing he's going to run the ball 145 times, he's going to get hit just being the quarterback and hits on the quarterback and sacks itself? I know that time's coming. Am I going to put $42, $45 million on this guy's back? To me, I'm going like this with Lamar. I'm giving him a three-year contract. I'm not giving him a Dak Prescott deal because I just don't believe in that style. Eventually, you've got to start protecting him. Get him a back. You know, they were really efficient when they had Mark Ingram back there, and they were running the ball, and it took a little heat off him, and it gave him more space. The thing with Jalen here is Jalen's being asked to do a lot. He Would, would we not say this? Jalen Hurts was probably 85% of the offense yep, this 80, past year. 80, 85%. You know, and he's – he's and Garoppolo's 50% in San Fran. And deservedly so because that's man, that's a major weapon that defenses can't account for. It's hard for defenses to, you know, once you once you got Jalen um into the offense that they ran the last, you know, seven, eight games, it's hard for, for defenses to defend him. Because but is it, it the war of attrition yes, end up getting you that's in it. that in in that doesn't that get you in the end? Because hey, hey Barrett, when I, I tell young kids. Hey, it ain't it ain't the fact. Well, it is. It's a more physically intimidating and it's more technically sound game. But the war of attrition, you add an extra game, you're doing that style. That's got to take a toll on a guy. Yeah, it's going to take a toll on him. But, I, you know, he's also built differently than most quarterbacks. He's built like a running back. He has the he has that um, that frame that could probably take a little more punishment. Doesn't necessarily mean that you want him to take that punishment, but at the end of the day, you know that's I think that's what he's well suited to do. Now, Jalen, I think that he'll have a whole new mindset. Not to, to you know not to the extent of what you know five did. McNabb, he got to his third year and he wanted to be his sole you know his sole purpose was being a pocket passer. It was hard pressed to make him leave the pocket like his second, I mean, his third and fourth year, because he wanted to show everybody, I can read defenses, I can sit from the pocket, I can execute the offense from the pocket. And he don't want to get hit like Cam. <laughs> right. But then he eventually said, you know what, if I want to be, um, you know, the best player in the league and I want to, you know, I want them to consider my name and put my name in a conversation of being MVP, I got to bring all my intangibles, you know, to the forefront. So he did start to run a little more situational football. He started doing the little things. And I think Hertz is going to try to do the same thing, um, not to the detriment of the game, but he's going to try to be more of a pocket pass. He'll go through a second or third read. He's going to get with the guru and, and, and get him in a position where he can read things better and, and go out there and run the offense more efficiently from the pocket. He started tracing to that the last you know four games where his ankle was hurting him, and he started executing the offense from the pocket as opposed to running. You know, he had to because his body wouldn't let him. That ankle just wouldn't allow him to go out there and make the cuts that he was making before that. So he has the he has the he has the ability to do it. Now doing that consistently, we'll see after this offseason. I think that he's gonna be a better player than he was. Way better player than he was. And we might be changing our, you know, our narrative um next year when we go forward. He might become the guy that, you know, they what they see in him and what I eventually see in him. I think he will change the corner. He will be more than just a a guy that runs around. He'll be more than just a Mike Vick s type of player. I think. He's what do you think they see in him? What do you think they see in him? 
They see the leader of this team. Everybody loves them. Everybody's on board with them. They see that. They see in practice what he can do. Now he has to bring what he does in practice and bring it onto the um, bring it to game type situations. But I saw him start to read. He got from this, you know, second and third uh, reads, you know, the second half of the season. Well, well, the last four games of the season because he had to. It was necessary that he, you know, ran the offense in that capacity. You know, it wasn't like he could go out there and run and cut like he did before because that ankle was bothering him. That's why he got surgery on it. So he does, you know, he does understand his his body. You know, he can lose the war of attrition if he goes out there and plays the way he played. So I think he will, you know, pro- progress, have some progress, and 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 become that player that I eventually see him being. You know, I I I like the fact that they're going to take a chance with him. You know, I you know what I like I think to have, it's more of a gamble going into the second year than it actually was putting him into the starting lineup this year because now what you're doing is with all the assets you have and money. What you're saying, and by the way, I'm I, I'm a, with what is out there in free agency and what is out there in potential capital you would have to give up. It's really a tough conversation. What you're gonna do? Do you stick with what you have that's working? You see, changing off of what you're working, right, Barrett? Yep. That that to me, I, and like I said, I think people go like this. Well, they Silio just wants Jalen out here because he. That's not what I'm saying here. If I'm going to change my quarterback and go to another quarterback, a third dude in three years, he has to be elite. He he can't be a rookie. You know, he, and, and, can't, he can't be he can't be Sam Darnold. Well, well, Dan, look at this. Look at this. Right now, there are two teams going through the same exact conversation. Not necessarily about you know Hurts and going forward, but. Will this team, who's based their offense around these two guys, be worth the contract that they're asking for right now? And that's Murray, and that's uh, um, that's uh, what's his name, and um, with the Ravens, well, uh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. So that's Jackson and Murray. Their teams are going through the same conversation right now. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna invest all this money in a guy, or are we gonna go in a different direction? They're up against it right now, man. So, you know, the time is near. You know, you see Murray starting to squawk right now. Yeah. And he wants a new contract. We'll see. But I, I I will say this. The gun that Murray has and his abilities make him an elite player. But he doesn't have the intangibles that, that you know, Jalen Hurts has. Let me tell you what turns me off with him. You making business decisions in the postseason games. Oh yeah, you you, you said you, bro. That, I mean, <laughs> that you irritates 50, you, right? <laughs> you got fifty-two dudes that are in that locker room, and you got guys in your huddle, and you're making business decisions in a playoff game. He looked, I mean, he looked terrible in that game because he refused to run. Yep. And I don't know if that was designed by him. Coaches and people are saying it was by his choice that he didn't because he got hurt. And he just went like this. Well, you know, I'm going to make a business decision here and I'm not going to get hit. Damn, Barrett. That's not the kind of guy I want with a, you know, a, a game that's on the line. You got all that offseason to get yourself healthy and go through any kind of surgery if you need it. Man, when, when you play a game like that, you were talking about playoffs, you know, when we opened the show. Man, nobody's coming out, man. You're going to you're gonna have to lose a leg. Ronnie Locke cut a finger off. 
in right. a playoff game in the locker room. Man, these dudes are psychotic. I've seen crazy shit before people do. I ain't coming out. You ain't pull me out. Pull me out of my dead body. Bro. And this I, guy's making business decisions. That's right. a character flaw in my issue. And that's that's one of the big things that that um, you know, when you look at Murray and the Cardinals organization, they gotta sit down and have a long conversation with him about that. You know, how do they go forward? You know. How can we make you more of a leadership leadership type of guy in our locker room? How do we give you that ability to 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 win your your your, your teammates over? Because at this point, those guys don't believe in them. I can I can kind of tell they don't believe. I can tell they don't believe in them because you don't hear anything from the players. You don't hear any rumblings from the players. You haven't heard anything in his corner from the players. Now we've heard from Jalen Hurst guys in Jalen Hurst's corner. We hear people, you know, in Lamar Jackson's camp and the players, they like being around and playing for him. When a team doesn't want to play for you or they don't mind, you know, not playing for you, then you got a problem, man. Can I show can I can I tell you one last thing before we go to break here? Let me let me say this to you, dude. This is why I have a little bit of a problem with Howie and why I think he may be a little shady. Now all GMs are shady. Right. But <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, and I'm going to tell you this, when I'm sitting there on the bench and you're sitting healthy dudes and you're making a business decision where maybe I have an incentive that I have to make for the final game that would put me over a percentage of whatever plays or what have you, and all of a sudden you're taking Jalen Hurts out and you're putting a dude that shouldn't even be on the ball team. I don't even know if he's in the league right now. And you're doing stuff like that and you're you're basically throwing a game, man. <laughs> I, I'd be like this, man. I'm in this thing to win every single time I step on the field. I hate losing. I'm a horrible loser too, by the way. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a horrible loser, man. I'm not a handshaker. God, just kicked my ass. I'm not shaking that motherfucker. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. But I'm not. That's not. You take it on. to the locker room, bro. Yo, man. Unless I, we're boys, you know, man. Unless we're boys, like like Ron Salt or you know Clover and them dudes. I'm gonna go. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah kick your ass. Hey, shut up, dude. I get it, man. <laughs> It'd be it'd be it'd be like that, Ray Donaldson. Unless I know you, man, I'm not doing that, man. I mean, that don't you think, man? Those guys have to have that because we have total recall as players, don't you yep. think that? I mean, that was man. a red flag for me with him, bro. You just can't do it, man. Because those players looked at it like, yo, here I'm giving my all, and you can't give your all for me. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, man. I'm giving my all for you. I'm giving every ounce of what I have for you on that field, and you can't do it for me. That's why I was a big problem with 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 uh with Ricky on the for who for what thing when he had alligator arms, you know, in the Tampa game, his first game with the city. Also, he said for who for what he bro from that point on, Ricky Ricky Waters really never became a Philly guy because of that. You know, he he wasn't he wasn't welcomed like everybody else because. Because of that, for who, for what? Because they believe here that you give your all and they'll give you the world. They will give you the world if you give your all. And they really believe that he didn't do it. Now, from that point on, you never had to ask Yerky or, or, or had a problem with him going. He went full speed. He played hard all the time. But that for who, for what soured a lot of people here in Philadelphia. All right, let's take a time out. I got a couple of names I want to throw at you. Get your responses because they're pretty interesting dudes, but – I don't think they're going to go over with what the fans are looking at. Maybe they will. 
Also, they are starting to throw now at the NFL Combines. I want to get your thoughts on what your experience was when you went to the Combines. He is Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio in for Harry Mays. Back in three minutes. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Dan Cilio in for Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks. All right, I, I, I've got I got a couple names here for you, Barrett. Don't worry, it's not a Landon Dickerson to the Bengals for a 31st pick and for T. Higgins. People hate this, okay. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of Jameis Winston? I want to throw something at you here. Five and two before he got hurt this year. 11.40 under uh, Sean Payton in yards. You know, he had a higher quarterback rating than Tom Brady before he got injured. <clears throat> he threw and led the NFL in passing yards in 2019. You think there's a market for him? Oh, there's absolutely a market for him. He's, the, he's probably the number one. He is the number one free agent quarterback right now. I'm trying to think of who else would be. I can't see anybody else. You know, the, you got the old hats. 
Um, no, he's the number one. He's the number one guy that everybody's gonna be looking for. He and um, he and um, would the uh, Eagles have any interest in looking at him? No, I doubt it. I he's doubt a better it. quarterback than Jalen. Yeah, he's a better quarterback than a lot of starters. You know, like well, I, I I could see him if he I like mean, when he look he, at look at what Sirianni did with Philip Rivers. In Indianapolis as the OC. Luck. Rivers. That's the style. That's the style of quarterback that the owner likes too. Okay? No risk it, no biscuit. And he's the prime example of no risk it, no biscuit. He's a little loose with the football. Little loose. He's a lot loose. Led the NFL in interceptions. Also, in that year, he threw for 5,000 yards. Right. <laughs> okay. I mean, like we said, he's 30 for 30 here. Okay. 30, Everyone's like giving me crap about this here now, but Jameis Winston's going to get Jameis Winston and Mitchell Trubisky are going to get looks because the desperation at the position is everywhere in the league. And like you said, Barrett, man, giving up two first round draft choices, giving up first round draft choices when I can get a guy to build my football team that could carry me at least to close to the finish line. How, what was your impression of Matthew Stafford prior to him going to Los Angeles? What'd you make of him? I thought he was, I always thought that he was an elite player playing in a, in a, in a, in a, in a on a team that, I mean, it's like they had a black cloud over him. You know what I'm saying? They just couldn't get right. He so, reminded me of Drew Bledsoe. Right. I mean, he baller, he just he just couldn't get over the hump. He just couldn't get over the hump. If it wasn't for like he'd have Megatron, great receivers go out there and have a terrible running game or a, a or a bad defense. They never put everything together for him because I thought he was one of the better passers in the league. He was always a guy that's gonna be around 45 to 5,000 um, yards passing. Each year, it was never his skill set, never him the way he played, which, you know, didn't allow him to have success. Other things kept him from being in the playoffs or, or, you know, coaching or it was some other than him that, you know, that I saw, you know, ruin him as far as being a guy that couldn't take it to the next level. I used to believe that until I saw what Burrow did in Cincinnati. I still do believe it. What you saw in Cincinnati he got elite level players. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Those skills. You're right. I'm. I'm. I'm under. I'm underplaying the skill set guys they have. They had a. They had a. They had a thousand yard rusher. Three. They had a thousand yard rusher and three thousand yard receivers with him. Right. It's like he was at LSU again. Right. <laughs> but so, you look at. You look at. You look at. Um. With, with, he did have Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. That he used the hell out of Megatron too. He. He I mean he. He tried. He milked everything he could out of that connection between he and Megatron. Got him they a just gold couldn't run the ball. Yeah, they just couldn't run the ball. You know, they, they only the had one thousand yard receiver, and that was Reggie Bush. <laughs> and his whole time there, man, was that they had one thousand yard receiver. What, what, where I'm going with Jameis Winston is, you think there's anybody in this draft coming out? You know, Jameis Winston's 25 years old. What? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, take a look. I think he's 25 or 26. Wow. 
It's a lot of football left in him. Okay, you think there's a guy in this draft? Here, Xander maybe. He's 28. Okay, he's 28. He's 20, 28, Xander, is – dude, you got 10 years of that guy. Yes. Is he elite level? With the you see anybody coach? in the draft that you would go, hey, you know what? Let me let me draft this guy here, use a first-round draft choice. Or would you go in the free agency and go, how about a guy who threw for 5,000 yards? He would start for <laughs> – he would start for the Eagles, uh, the Commandos. The Commanders, the Giants, easy. He would start for Minnesota. He'd start in Chicago. Chicago he'd start. He started with the Saints. Denver. He would start in Denver, yeah. Um, there's not too many places that he – Giants, would... Jets. Yep. Um, he would start in Carolina. Yep. He could. He may start in Miami. Over he start in Tampa Bay. Start in Tampa Bay. Wow. <laughs> reuniting him. Right. That might be something I'd look at if I was Bruce Arians. They were seven and nine with him. They were getting better. I don't know. Exactly. Bruce thought he was too loose with the football, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think he would start in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Jameis Winston in Pittsburgh. Haskins backing him up. He lighted up, man. That so- mean. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, why, why not Eagles? How come we're, how come the Eagles wouldn't? I mean, how about this, Jameis Winston, Washington Commanders? That, I mean, they're, they're they're right up there. They're right up there now with the with the Cowboys. You start, you start Jameis Winston in Washington. They'll win that division. Yep. yep. Because of the issues the Cowboys have with being over the cap. Washington today at the Combine said, we have contacted every single team and every potential free agent quarterback. We are getting a new one. And by the way, I looked at Tyler Heineke's numbers. They're not terrible. No, they're not. They're not. You know, he's not elite. He's not anything close to it. They're not terrible, but they, they're looking at the same thing we're looking at in Philly going, I've got to get better, though, at that position. Yep. And the division is there for the taking. Because would you not agree that with all the assets you said that Dallas had last year, and for them to fall on their face and trip over those speed bumps, there, I would say this to you about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. They like Dak. They like all the intangibles around Dak. But there's buyer's remorse there. <laughs> at the price tag, yes, forty-two yes. million. Yes, there is buyers. You're absolutely right. That's a great way to put it. Uh, did he play at an elite level? No. Is Dak better than Jameis? As a pure passer, no. Jameis is a Jameis is 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 way better than Dak. But the intangibles, he's a more complete player because he brings those intangibles to the team. You know he's smarter with the football. Smarter smarter with the football. Great decision making. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Jameis is 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 Reed's defense is better. Um, Stronger arm. He just lacks leadership qualities that you want in a quarterback. Um, He needs to grow up, man. He needs maturity. He hasn't matured yet. I I agree. The cab, the cab driving thing down in Tampa and all that. Right, 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 right. But but Barrett, if I'm the Eagles, I bring him in for a conversation and a workout. I mean, what could it hurt? 
to get a chance to at least talk to the kid. This guy was the number one overall selection. Okay? Oh, Mute. Yeah, yeah, I got I'm, it. I'm, I'm just saying, this guy's a first-round draft choice. I mean, we're, we're not talking about a guy. And, and you know what? It always kills me. When these guys come out and you look at a dude, and you're like, well, he's just not very good. Well, when he came out of college, Jameis Winston had more hype around him than any of these dudes that yes. are in the draft yep. right now combined. Bro. Combined. When he came out, man, they, you know, they instantly thought they were going to make it to the next level. And, you know. It, He's got a next level arm. The lack of maturity that he displays, I know. though, man. I know. I know. And that's the that's the exact that's the exact thing that you know what makes Jalen Hurts a better quarterback. You know, but maybe he's been humbled. I don't know, hey, man. You, he's hey, still going around elite, eating W's with with. with <laughs> hey, but, but Barrett, when you're elite like that and you get your job taken from you, right? And he did sit. Hey, and he did sit behind Breeze and watch how to run a team. Well, he should have learned. But I'm just trying to figure out why wouldn't they keep him there? Because they gave that stupid-ass contract to Tyson Hill. Oh. What were they thinking about, Oh, man? no. And, and, and remember, they're $48 million over the cap. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Jameis Winston is too mentally weak? And we just went through that with Wentz, and that's why that the Eagles wouldn't want to go down that line. They're not going to go down any line like that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the turnoff there. It yes. is the stop sign. Yes. Is they don't want anything that res resembles Wentz's character flaws at leading a locker room. Like you know, just like you said, weakness and and not necessarily weakness in, in his in his in who he is as a person, but weakness in his ability to lead a team. And decision making. Yes. They can't they they can't go with that, you know, because regardless of what's you know what's going on, character was never an issue with him. He's a high character guy, almost too high, which allowed him which, which made him not be a team leader because you know he was almost judging others for not being the same faith as him was kind of became a character flaw within the organization because now you're judging people and you as a as a as a leader on the team you got to know when to and how to differentiate you know what's going on with you and leading a team I got another guy here for you too and he's not a free agent however or maybe he is I'm not sure on what his current status is but very interesting. Josh McDaniel today was asked a question at the Combines about Derek Carr and his new contract. And they said that um, uh, getting to the table is the issue right now. And that there's a little bit of a conflict going on between the attorneys and agents for Derek Carr and him wanting to play with the Raiders. Wants to be part of the decision-making, not actually making decisions but he wants to be involved in the direction of the team. This is what we were talking about a little bit yesterday. I think you and I both like him a lot. Yep. Um, that is a frosty, at least beginning to a relationship that you don't want to have if you're Josh McDaniel because 
you know the pitfalls of not having a guy when you were in Denver and your entire career was really on the back of Tebow and those other stiffs they had in Denver, and it cost him an opportunity to be a good football coach in Denver, Josh McDaniel, just gets the job with the Raiders. So this has got to work here because now unless the Raiders, they push all their chips in and go get Deshaun, which, as you know, Barrett, these teams are running dual tracks, and everyone's contacted the Houston Texans. So maybe what the Raiders are looking at and thinking right now, well, I'll take Deshaun over Carr because we're talking about upgrading always, like we are with Jalen, always upgrading. They're looking at that situation going like that. And plus the Raiders, I mean, Deshaun Watson issues, shit, the Raiders wouldn't even think 10 seconds about those issues (laughs) because that's not who they (laughs) – Look at the issues they had last year. Their coach, a guy, you know, killing somebody, hammered. I mean, the Raiders are going to go like it's Vegas. Right, 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 right. Deshaun fits there. <laughs> hey, hey, can you see Mark Davis in that dumbass haircut? He looks like the guy, like cousin it or something over on the Adams family. I don't know what. He doesn't look like he got money. Believe that, man. You can you can do a lot better with yourself. You know, what I know, saying? man. Eating at Hooters, man. I don't know, dude. I hey, look, I like Hooters too, man. But I mean, that hey, when I when I call Hooters like my delicacy and call it like that's my main place where I go to dinner. I got a problem with them. At least his dad took me all the time to the Palm. At least we had a good meal, man, and a big five-pound steak. Or oh, five-pound lobster. like Cousin It, man. I'm like, hey, look at that haircut. That man. made my day, man, because, you know, I'm, I'm like, he, usually when you're, when you're a millionaire, when you're a billionaire, millionaire, wherever he is, man, you, you tend to be able to go out and get a little more a decent haircut. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you go and get your hair. You mean you get the plugs. You got to do whatever to get that, you know what I'm saying, fixed. You got to fix all of this, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, look at LeBron. LeBron fixed all of this. Now he's looking oh, yeah. younger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. looking younger Same thing now. with Brady. Right. You know, yeah. How, how does Brady look younger today than he did when he looked right. like that stupid <laughs> school teacher at the combines like that? Right? I mean. Brady, when I love it when Brady posts that combine picture too, man. It's the most disgusting thing you've ever seen. I'm like, didn't he run like the worst forty yard dash in the history? Of Bro, he was slow as like pond water, man. Yeah, he was like slow as pond water, man. I mean, how, he couldn't even move, bro. I don't understand how he became the quarterback he is, man. I don't I mean, his, his technique is just flawless. What he Dude. had, he hasn't. I don't think he has over two hundred yards rushing his entire career. But he's got like he's got how many first downs has he made in that qu- greatest quarterback sneak dude in the history of the league though. <laughs> right. Dude, he was that first down all the time. Hey, what was your what was your comb? How many days did you spend at the combines? They didn't have it three. back in my day. Three. Uh, I spent three days at the combine. We were there three days. We got there the day before. Um and, and um we had meetings and I mean with teams. Was interviews first or last? Um you got to mix in with um like some guys will be meeting with the interviews, and some guys will be doing their medical, and then they flip flop on the first day. Then the other guys will do medical, and the other guys will do the um, team meetings. Did and you then, do them all? Yeah, yeah. I did all the interviews I could, man. I I, I probably did like eighteen, nineteen um, interviews with coaches. What was the stupidest question asked to you? 
man, I forget, man. It was just a bunch of stupid stuff, bro. You know what I mean? Bunch of stupid stuff. Um, I, you know, they, they even knew I had a scooter. What made you ride that scooter around? You know what I'm saying? That damn scooter. You must have went, how'd you know about the scooter, man? Right, 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 right. You know, they asked what, you know. So, I mean, are you NFL really? security. NFL yep. security going back and checking you out. That's why. Exactly. And they're like, you know, you know, do you still love basketball better than football? I mean, look, everything. Well, you made look. a comment like that sometime in your past, right? Right. And they, they were up on that. Um, I had, um, I had got injured. I had stretched um, my meter collateral and um, I had to sit out a game, but I still started the game to keep my starting streak going. So I started the game and on the very first play, I go out and I, I hit a guy late, you know what I'm saying? And they asked, why did I do that? You know what I'm saying? I was, I was told him I was just frustrated, you know, I'm going to play every play, you know, and, you know, I was out. I mean, it, it was bullshit. You gave him some bullshit answers. Right, right, right. You know, everything, man. They just asked everything, you know, so. Ah uh, man, it, it, they who was they the who was the team that you enjoyed interviewing the most with? Uh, who I enjoyed interviewing the most would probably be Kansas City. Kansas City, I like. Was Vermeil like, there? No, uh, uh-uh, he wasn't there. I was Schottenheimer? I think so. Yep. Yeah. So Kansas City was probably that, and then I hated Washington because he took that damn Wonderlick test. You know what I mean? I forget what my grade was. I mean, that was like a you know that was a long test to take too, man. Yeah, and no, it's it's like an SAT test. Right, right, right. Yeah, the Wonderlick test, and then um, I mean, then they got to then we got to uh the best. We we heard you the that you didn't like lifting weights and stuff when you were younger. I'm like, yeah, you know, do you like it now? I'm like, yeah, I like it lifting weights now. I'd look you know? at you and go like this, and I'd look at that dumbass guy asking me that question. <laughs> I'm six foot six, three hundred and thirty-five pounds. <laughs> Do you think I look like I lift weights? I'm right, like, right, yeah, right. I mean, but stupid that, question. Man, what are you crazy? Some of the I, I did confront Jeff Ireland on that question he asked Des about his mom being a prostitute. Oh, did you? What? He was he was the um he was the he was the GM of the Dolphins, and I was on the air down there and I got him on. And see, this is where some of these guys, this is why Howie slick. He knows how to deal with the media, and he knows who to go to. He's like a presidential candidate, or he's like one of these these politicians. He knows who to go to, and he picks him out on who he wants to get things out. So Jeff didn't know I was like this because, man, I'll lead you somewhere. Okay, I'm a, I ask my questions, I'm going to lead you somewhere, always, <laughs> especially if I think you're getting over on me. So because the first question, when he said it, and it pissed me off, I go, so, you know, and, and they were 6 and 10, two straight years. And he, I go, hey, so, Jeff, what do you think of your roster? Give it a grade. He goes, well, I think it's a B plus. I said, so your coaching sucks. And he went, no, I didn't say that. I'm like, well, if you're giving your roster a B plus and you guys have won 12 games in the last two years, I don't know, man. That don't sound like B plus to me. <laughs> and he, we got into this little back and forth. And I went, I go, Jeff, that's not a B plus roster. When you win six ball games, and he goes, "Well, that's your opinion." I'm like, "Okay, well then you think the coaching sucks? It's one or the other." I'm on the air doing this, okay, man, dude. The Dolphins got so now you see why I only lasted like a year and a half down in Miami because hey, I was ripping this guy a new one, and finally I go, "Hey, so like Jeff, you know, just curious, you know, because it hadn't gone public yet. I was one of the guys that first heard the thing." Because I kind of know Des and his folks, and I know a lot of people in my and uh, 
Dallas. I said, is it true, man? You asked Des Bryant's um uh you asked Des if his mother was a prostitute. Yeah, you know, well, you know, there's all kinds of questions. I go, hey, I get you're looking for the response of the player because that's what they do. They give you these stupid questions and they want to see how you'll react or overreact or underreact or whatever, because they're always they think they're psychiatrists and they're not. And I and he's like, well, yeah, it was just I go, do you think asking a guy a question like that about his mom is is appropriate? He well, might have got know, punched in the face of somebody else. I, he goes, everyone does it. I'm like, man, if everyone jumped off a bridge with you, I go, dude, I, me and him. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, I go, you know, hey, Jeff, I think we should end this thing now, man. And I, I he goes, I agree, man. I, this has been BS. And I go, yeah, it really has been. And so, <laughs> hey, brother, I want to send some love out to your family member, man, Thank and you, man. Uh, make sure it. everything goes good in your travels and this and that, man. It's been a real cool time here with you. Thank you so much for having me. My God, make sure you fly. Hey, make sure your trip is cool, man. I think we're doing something tomorrow. I'm not sure yet because my boy Xander's doing something. Hey, we'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs> Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.